Today is the Lord's Day. And that we have come together and to worship Him and Him only. Uh, he being our object of worship. Um, not wanting to please ourselves, but please the Lord. And we say that with the most utmost respect for our God. That's why we are here. But secondly, we recognize our country, and uh, today we recognize our mothers. The, one of the greatest creations of God was the mother. This morning, we think about our mothers, the influence uh, that they have on our lives and or if they had on our lives and still have on our lives if we don't have our mother. Um, I don't have my mother anymore, neither does Amanda. And many of you uh, are in that same boat, but we still remember our mothers. I still can remember the hug from my mother. I still can remember that. Um, and when I think about it, it brings joy to, to me. It brings a smile to my, to my face. I still remember that. Young people, I hope that you tell your mothers that you love them and show it to them every day. Every day. They deserve it. And you'll be a better child uh, if you do. This morning in our reading, <clears throat> we read in the beginning of the book of Exodus, Joseph has died and all his brethren uh, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. They had came from Canaan because of a famine, if you remember, down into Egypt. And verse 8 says, There rose up a king that did not know Joseph, knew not Joseph, and this king was very worried that the people were going to outnumber them, the Egyptians. The children of Israel, God's people, and they were afraid that they would join their enemies 
and overthrow them. So they, the king set out, he says, we're going to afflict them. We're going to put more work on them. We're going to make them slaves and we're going to treat them uh, not very kindly. And we're going to do all these things to them and suppress them. But as you notice, the children of Israel continued to grow, didn't they? Continue to, continue to multiply. And he said, we'll even make it even worse on them. And then, in verse 15, the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, and he put a decree that all male babies would be killed. During this time, we are going to read and we know that Moses was born. Moses is one of the greatest leaders in Scripture. And God used him to lead Israel from the hundreds of years of slavery. And, and he even wrote the first five books of the Bible. And he led the nation, if you remember, to the border of the promised land. Moses was a great man of God, but there would not have been a Moses without his mother, Jochebed. The mother who gave birth in one of the worst times of history. Now Moses' mother is often overlooked in Scripture. She's mentioned by name only twice in the Bible. In the book of Exodus in chapter 6 and verse 20 and in the book of Numbers 26 and verse 59. But she is essential to the history of God's people and the Bible. We still feel her example today. And again, without Jochebed, we had no Moses. Jochebed gave us this man who led God's people out of Egypt and done all these great things in being a leader. This morning, I want us to consider what life was like for the mother of Moses. I want us to look at three things this morning in the time that we have together. The mother of Moses lived in a dangerous time. Jochebed brought Moses into this world during a time of slavery. As we have read this morning from Brother Caleb in verses 6, six through 14. And to control the Hebrew people, the Hebrew population, since they were experiencing a tremendous growth, the Egyptian made them slaves. 
But as I mentioned just a moment ago, God's people, the more they oppressed God's people, the more they increased in number. And the Egyptians feared God's people. One of the worst times in history. And once the Pharaoh of that time realized that his plan of slavery was not working, he decided to kill the newborn babes, the Hebrew male babies. The Hebrew midwives refused to execute this plan. Now go to verse 15 of Exodus chapter 1. And the Bible says, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shephra, and the other one Puah. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But notice it. The midwives feared God. They chose to obey God rather than men. And they did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto him, to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come unto them. Therefore, God dealt with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mightily. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And then in verse 22, Pharaoh says, that didn't work. He says, all, he charged all the people, every son that is born, you shall cast him into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. The mother of Moses gave birth to a child again in one of the worst times of history. See, imagine, just for a moment, I want all of us, especially the mothers, to imagine for a moment living during this time. You've conceived a child, and you have to make the decision to let it be killed if you're going to follow men or let it live and risk dying yourself. Imagine that. All of us, as we experience the birth of our children, some of the greatest and happiest moments of our life, can you imagine having that child in fear that as soon as you had it, the government was going to come in and rip it from your arms and kill it. 
You see, it's really no short of today than killing it in the womb. You've seen the news of how they're trying to reverse Roe versus Wade. God be the glory. We have killed enough babies, murdered. Murdered children. Can you imagine the great fear that was in this mother's heart? While the situation today may not be as difficult as it was back then, mothers today continue to bring children into a dangerous world. They bring them into a world where they're mocked for following Jesus. And they're pressured to become atheists and engage in in all forms of immorality. We are in a world today that that, that doesn't believe in God and we're bringing children into this world. Not only are they pressured not to believe in God, but that fornication is okay and and that atheism is okay and and evolution is okay and, and our world is full of unbelief. Someday, one day, if your children goes into the college level, they're going to sit in front of a professor that is going to shove down their throat postmodernism, evolution. And I want to tell you, we have got to prepare them. We've got to teach them now that there are moral absolutes. There is a right and there is a wrong. That it is not left up to your decision. You see, that's one thing that I that I differ with in the in the book or in the belief of education and a lot of psychological that you give these children all these choices. There are some choices that children don't need to be making on their own. And we as parents need to be guiding them. It's okay if you want to dress this way or act that way. I I drove a bus this week and, and a young girl was walking by me talking to another girl. And, and I heard the conversation as they exited the bus and says, are you a lesbian? I'm not sure yet. It's terrible. We're in a world of unbelief. Being a mother today in the world that we live in is a difficult job. It's not an easy job. It's not an easy job being a parent. 
But parents, we need to be parents and quit trying to be their best friends that they, we hang out with and quit trying to live like we're 20 years old again. It's okay if they talk about you and say, my dad wears all these crazy clothes and does all these stupid things because that's what my kids say. That's my job is to grow up and embarrass them as a father. That's what I do. I embarrass them. That's okay. But as a father, it's also my job to be the spiritual leader of that home and to lead my children to love God. But she lived in a dangerous time. Secondly, she lived a life of sacrifice. Jochebed, Moses' mother, went against the law of the land. She went against men to protect her baby. When you go into the book of Exodus again in chapter 2 and verse 2, we'll go in verse 1. It says, And went out a man of the house of Levi and took to a wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. And when she could not hide him any longer, she took a, uh, for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags or the reeds by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. She went against the law of the land. She risked her own life in hiding her son, Moses, for three months. And when she could no longer do that, she then executed another plan to save his life. She built a little ark, and she put him in it. And she most likely strategically put it in a place that she knew that someone would find him. And you know the story. Guess what? As you can read the rest of the passage, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself. She sent her maidens. She's seen that. And she sent her maidens to get it. And then she says, one of the maids says, should I find one of the Hebrew women to, to nurse him and to take care of him? And guess what? It's his own mother, isn't it? And she gets paid. What about that, moms? <laughs> you get paid to raise your children. You get a salary. And she raises him up. You know why Jacobed done these things? She had faith that the right person would come along and find her baby. She knew that God would take care of it. She refused that her son would suffer that fate. And she risked her own life. You see, there are a few people on earth more selfless, I believe, and sacrificial than a mother. 
A mother stays up late with those children while they're sick. She fixes all the boo-boos. She tells them that it's going to be okay. I mean, that's the way it was in our house. My wife was up late at night taking care of those children. But there's very few people in the world that is sacrificial and selfless as a mother. The mother in our house, in your house, through all of that turmoil that's always answering questions, always giving advice, always saying this and doing this and taking care of their household. And that mother of Proverbs 31 And through all those things, she's always the most loving and patient. Mothers sacrificed their bodies and even bringing children into the world for nine months. Her energy and her nutrients and all those things flow into that child. And they sacrifice time, energy, and many other things to help their children survive in this world. This morning, let me suggest to you that you tell your mother that you love her. Tell her. Put your arms around her and tell her. And those of us who can't do that anymore... That influence of that mother still lives on. You know, I don't know. I can remember praying years ago to, that if, if there was any way possible, God, could you tell my mother I loved her? Mothers are special. Because we all know one day, as old as we get, that mother may not be here. Third thing, she lived a life of faith. Faith played a huge role in Jochebed's decision to save Moses. You go to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. It's often known as the Hall of Faith of God's people. We read of many faithful people in that chapter. And among Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Rahab and all these people, you look at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper or goodly child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Faith played a huge role in Jacob's decision. 
There's no doubt in my mind that she raised Moses in the middle of all that Egyptian influence that she told him every day about God. She said, you're a child of God. You're a Hebrew child. Because I feel like if she had not, Moses just might not would have, we could not read that about Moses. Because he might just have been influenced by the world around him. Mothers and fathers, we've got to tell our children every day there's a God. God gives you everything you have. Nothing you have comes from anything else that God does not have a hand in it. And God blessed Jochebed for her faith. When you go back to the book of Exodus in chapter 2 and verses 5 through 10, you see that. You see that he blesses her for that faith. For the things, the decisions that she made to bring that child into this world, even in the midst of some of the worst times of history, Oh, she could have went along with it and said, oh, like a lot of people do today, ah, it's not a person. It's not a living soul. Let's just go ahead and kill it and get away, get, be done with it. And in the rest of that passage, God blessed her took care of her son, the person found him and saved his life. Notice Pharaoh's daughter is the one who found him. She had mercy on him when she heard that cry. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? If you ever notice when you're in a room and we all hear a child cry, what's the first thing we do? We look, don't we? That just didn't happen because we or whoever. That happens because we are parents. And God made us that way. Because that cry of a child gets our attention. And through God's providence, Jochebed was blessed to nurse and teach Moses about God. And I want to say this morning, if that's not the providence of God working, what is let me tell you something, young folks, or let me ask you something. Are you thankful? I don't care how old you are. Are you thankful for the mother of faith that God has given you? I hope so. I hope you're thankful for that mother of faith that God has given you. She sacrificed a lot Give up a lot. And our mothers are to be held very high in the home. And fathers, you need to make sure that that happens in your home. Our mothers are very special. And this morning, may God richly bless all of our godly and righteous mothers that we have here. Even the mothers that have gone on 
and their example still lives as strong as it did when they were here. May God bless you as you fill that role and continue to fill that role of being that godly mother to your children. They need it. Our world needs it for godly children. This morning, this hasn't been a lesson to, I guess, say, bring someone to Christ, but maybe just in through this, as being a mother and even a father, it gets hard sometimes. Our faith may waver. We may not be the example we need to be to those children, those children that God blessed you with. And maybe we need to correct that. Maybe we need to reset ourselves, reset our priorities. Because I've always said what's important to you is going to be what's important to your children. And if God and attending church and church activities and things and being faithful to God and attendance and all, your children pick up on that really quick. Maybe you hadn't been that example. Maybe this morning you need to start being that example and maybe you need to be baptized into Christ. We can help you with that. This morning, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand and as we sing.